This episode contains honest conversation, but some of the nature of the content might not be suitable for sensitive ears. Listener discretion advised. And you have signed up for this dating boot camp, is what I'm calling it. And this came out of a conversation. You know, February is the month of love, and people all are, are interested in talking about dating and relationships because Valentine's Day, and this is the point in the year where most people's New Year's resolutions begin to fade off. And so for those that said, okay, I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to go on a date and I'm going to start dating again. And yet this is the point where you're like, okay, it's February and I still haven't gotten a date. So the point behind this is literally the goal for me is to get anyone who feels like they've, they're going to go through these three days. The goal for me is for them within 30 days after listening to the podcast and really spending time and discussing the things that we're going to discuss today is go on one date. I want people who go through this boot camp to go on one date within the next 30 days. That's that's the goal, okay? So I'm challenging you and inviting you and encouraging you as we go through this. And you are my prototype. Megan, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, so here's the vision over the next couple of days. I want, I feel like when we were talking about dating, I feel like you were saying so many things that I've heard so many other single women say. And um, ideally, I would get a, I'll get a man on this to kind of address some of the men issue, issues. But I mean, you're only going to come at this from the female perspective. But I think that the conversations that we're going to have and the conversations and questions that I want to ask you or that you can ask me, I wanted to feel like a conversation that I would have from anyone sitting across from them having coffee. Why is that? I'm going to just, this is my big disclaimer before we jump in and before you become kind of like my guinea pig. Um, I took this test recently. And it, it, it talks about like our giftings and our strengths. And one that was really, really high for me was discernment. So it could be in the spiritual sense, but I'm just talking in a very practical sense. So when I talk to people, I know it sounds like I'm being bossy. My heart is not to be bossy. I just hear things and I know things. I can't explain it. But someone can come to me with like, oh, and this happened. And I'm like, yeah, this is the problem. I can't explain it. I'm not trying to act like a know-it-all. I'm gifted in this. That's all I have to say. So when people talk about dating, the reason I'm passionate about it is because I've got it wrong so many times. So now when I talk to a lot of single women, single friends, younger and older, I'm like, oh yeah, but here's the hole and here's the hole. So over the next three days, I just want us to look for holes. Do you have any questions and are you ready? I'm ready and I have a lot of holes, so I'm ready to identify them. <laughs> great, 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 great. Okay, so let's dive in. This is going to be a conversation. Um, I, I want, as I was kind of like thinking about this series, I really wanted to kind of put you in the seat of maybe someone out there who wants to start dating and just doesn't know like where to begin. So the question I'm going to ask you is the question I'm asking to any single listener that does want to start dating is why are you ready to date? Like why dating and why now? Yeah. Okay. So I've been pushing off dating for a hot minute. And I think that the biggest part was, is I fully wanted to learn who I was, what I enjoyed and where I was going. And until I knew those things, I was like, okay, I'm not going to bring anyone into this craziness. And so I finally feel like I have a good sense. I've done a lot of work and I've healed a lot. And I feel like now is a time where I'm like, okay, and I'm starting to entertain the idea. And I was very like, no, for a while. And now I'm like, oh, what if? And so I think that now with my mind opening and my horizons broadening, and if anyone else feels that too, maybe like a little hint, hint, nudge, nudge, I feel like 
it's so important to be like, okay, well, no way to find out than to test the water. I love it. How old are you? 28. 28. It's a good age. It's a good age. Okay. So, um, what has stopped you? You said like, oh, I kind of put a pause to dating. I have to ask a question. Why did you take a break from dating? Oh my goodness. I, I'd gone through a lot. Like I went through a really bad relationship and then I was just like, yeah, I'm done. Like I, and then I just like put my heart in an ice box and left it there for a while. And it's finally like thawing out. So, um, <laughs> I think I was just like, Hey, I need to take control of me. I need to figure me out before I bring anyone else in. So the pause was me saying, Hey, let's, let's do you, let's heal, let's figure it out. And then we can embark on this journey. Okay. So I know a little bit of your story yeah. and in the introduction, I included a time where we got to connect, but Am I okay to be honest and real on this podcast with you? Oh, yes. Okay. So when we were, so you put your heart in an icebox and you kind of said no to dating. I feel like that I have a very similar story, but what I wasn't honest with is that I had a lot of faux boyfriends. Um, I didn't have the language for it back in the day, but now we call it a situationship. So when we went and we grabbed um, a light bite after uh, a pursuit night, when you flew out here, you're from Rhode Island, churches in California, you flew out here. And we went to have a light by afterwards. And um, do we want to talk about the situation ship? Yeah, we can. That wasn't even the one that broke me. Oh, that so, oh girl, there is some bodies in your closet, honey. No, no, <laughs> that's not even the one. But I think situation ships are really, really relatable because they happen so often and they look so different and they can come in like so many different forms. So I'm open to talk about it. Okay. So. I think that we need to bring people in and I don't remember saying this, but my savagery was on an all time high. You, you actually reminded me of this when we were talking about dating and, um, I don't want to give too many details, but as, as, as the, as my memory goes, we had, we were having a conversation and you were talking about this one guy and I'm think I'm listening. And again, this is me poking holes. I'm like, you are, you are so much better than this. I'm not saying you're better than him. You are better than what he was giving you. And I need some listener out there to know you are better than this. If you are in a situationship, you are better than a situationship. We were also talking about his background and I'm scratching my head thinking like, is he rich? Is he hot? Like, what is it? And I like covertly asked a question about what he does. And you said property management, he has like 71 properties. And what flew out of my mouth was, well, you just became his 72nd property. The level of savagery, but I was, I was serious. People who allow themselves to be, you know, taken over like a property without the guarantee behind it. It just, I'm like, no, you are better than this. So when we talk about like this pause from dating, there was some situationships. Do you feel like when you said that wasn't the one that broke me, what was it in that past relationship that you said like, oh, this is what broke me? Yeah, it was. It, I always said it wouldn't be me. You know, I was always one of those people like, oh, this wouldn't be me. This wouldn't be me. This wouldn't be me. And then it turns out it was me. I fell into a really deep depression in that relationship. I was afraid to leave the house. I was afraid to drive alone. I was afraid to do so many things because of the relationship I was in. And so I was put in this box and then we had broke up and I moved to California for work. And then I was just alone by myself. And so when I had met the situation ship, we trauma bonded 
And it was a, it was insane because like I just needed something and someone. And so when I was so alone, I was met with someone who was also really hurt and hurt people, hurt people, broken yeah. people, bro break people. And that's exactly what we did. And so it was just compounding, compounding events that happened over and over and over. Um, but again, I was young and I changed a lot for an older man. And I was just like, oh, this is fine. Everything's going to be fine. And then I woke up one day and I was like, this is not fine. Mm. I had changed ex everything about myself to fit what someone wanted. And then one day I woke up and I was like, oh, Megan, yeah, this is not okay. <laughs> okay. So let's start here. So the, the slate is wiped clean and you have been around TFH for a while. So you probably have heard my dating equation, but do you remember my dating equation for anyone out there? Who's just like, well, when's the right person and when should I date? Do you remember my dating equation? No, but isn't it like the viable dating score? Is that this or no? Yes, I love that. We'll, we'll actually save that because we need to talk about the viable dating score. That's not this. Okay, okay. so anyone that's out there that's just like, how do I know if it's the you know right relationship? All this other stuff. This is my dating re my equation. The if I'm talking to, a, I'll just say person because I know there's gonna be guys listening to this as well. So the right person at the wrong time, wrong relationship. The wrong person at the right time, wrong relationship. But the right person at the right time equals the right relationship. Ding, ding, ding. That's when you know this is the time. This is when it's ready. So I'm going to, uh, the reason why I started with why dating, why now is because if we can't articulate why we want to date and why the season is now, it's going to be a recipe for disaster. I want people to succeed in this challenge. 30 dates. And, and let me also put in this caveat because you are going to be on this journey and I'm going to be reaching out to you. Did, did you go on your date yet? Did you go on your date yet? I don't think that someone's going to meet their kismet match after this. You know, I, I mean, listen, God of the impossible. I hope someone does. Then I will be the flower girl at their wedding. Okay. Their firstborn child will be named Bianca, right? That I'm believing that for somebody. Realistically, I'm not wanting people to go on a date so they could find their kismet match. I want someone to go on a date to remember how to date and get to know someone. You know, it, dating is weird if you're weird, but if you go with the approach of open-handed, there isn't this pressure it could be the right time. I'm just looking for the right person. Hey, great. You are in great shape. So one thing that we need to, uh, that I need to ask you, but I'm asking for every single, single person out there is, are you aware that love is a risk? Oh yeah. And that's why I don't do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So love is a risk, but there's always reward with risk. Think of this, you help entrepreneurs, right? So you know this. I need people to go in with eyes wide open. There is a chance that you will get hurt. And it was my marriage therapist when we were, Matt and I were in our first year of marriage and it was incredibly, the first three years of our marriage was incredibly hard. Um, but uh, that, I'll never forget that marriage therapist saying, when you get into a relationship, you are essentially putting a loaded gun in the hand of someone that you trust and believe that they don't pull the trigger. Now, ultimately, that is the grossest example, and it's so harsh. But the truth of the matter is, is when you marry someone, that's right. exactly what you're doing. And so you have to build slowly to build a relationship with someone to know, can I trust you? So Megan and everyone out there that's listening, are you aware that love is a risk? Me Megan, you said yes. You know that it's a risk. Okay. If you know that it's a risk, let's move on to like the actual practical meat and bones of dating. Okay. So- have you heard the expression like to create a list? 
Yes. So my therapist actually had me write out 50 things I wanted. And then from 50, we went to 25, 25, you cross out to 10 and then you 10, you cross out to your top five. Hold on, hold on. You know what I'm doing? I am clapping your therapist down. Okay. I am clapping her down. I mean, girl, you are ahead of the class, but I need someone to hear this because we're going to go through this. So I I have a friend. I love him to bits and pieces. His name is Mike Todd. He's a pastor at a transformation church. He did a killer sermon on, I think it was entitled like rip up the list or something like that. And he's up there ripping up lists because we have so many, you know, things that we want and all this other stuff. And it's going to be impossible to find the person that's going to fulfill all that. I agree with the sentiment, right? But what I love what your therapist did, and this is what I do with, I mean, I, I'm not a dating coach, but like in my mind, I secretly am, right? Um, but I literally will go through that similar process. Uh, I like how easy she made it, but I like going through a similar process because what it whittles down to is here are the things that we want, but then we need to whittle it down to non-negotiables. The non-negotiables actually should be on a list. We should have those. Those would be amazing. So, okay. So the reason why I love having the list of 50 is because then we realize how dang picky we are. So as fast as possible. Wait, actually, do you have that list? I don't have all 50, no. Okay, it's okay. somewhere in one of my 9,000 journals around okay, my house. Okay, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to rattle off as quickly as possible some of the most ridiculous things that were on that list of 50. <sighs> Oh, okay. So I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't. I wouldn't say ridiculous. I'm pretty practical, but like some of the fifty. Okay, so I'll start with my top. My tops because I have them here. They need to love Jesus. They need to have an established career. I'm not here out here chasing people, like helping them succeed. Please. Are these your non-negotiables, or is this on your list as fifty? These are my non-negs, but they were on my list. Okay. This is good. Okay. So actually let's, let's skip that for somebody out there okay. and who, who is like Sorry. participating in this date. No, you're ahead of the class. Girl, you're a gold star student. That's right. Sip your tea, sip your tea, Megan. Here we go. So for everyone out there, I, this is like step one for me. We're going through this process. I want you to list like, and this is go crazy. Like I want him to have a 16 pack. I want one green eye, one blue eye. Cause girl, I did not realize my list was so crazy. I literally was like, I want him to live in LA. I want him to love Larchmont. We both have to love the beach. I mean, I was very particular and I didn't realize that I had set these lofty goals that would not, I mean, Jesus himself probably wouldn't have met my list. Okay. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. Oh, facial hair. Ew. I'm not even kidding kidding you. So I want someone to make the list go exactly what you did. Make the list of 50, go eight nuts, go crazy. Then bring it down to 25. Once you have your 25, pull your list of 25 down to 10 out of the 10, I would say keep five to seven. So Megan, you, how many did your therapist say to list five or how many did you say? 10? Yeah. Five. You feel comfortable going public with your five. Yeah. Okay, so, so I'm so glad negotiables, right? These are my non-negs. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm so glad I waited though to start dating because I didn't love Jesus a year and a half ago. So mm-hmm. if I had gotten into a relationship, it would have been with someone who probably didn't love Jesus. And so I'm just so grateful that I waited or th- that my heart was in an icebox freezing because I, I would have, you know, put myself in a situation. So the first one is they need to love Jesus. The second one is, is they need to have an established career, but also they're committed to like evolving because I mean, I have an established career and I feel like I can't be, you know, I just need an established career. Um, they need to feel peace near the ocean because I'm going to live near the ocean in Rhode Island and I really don't care. Um, they have to love and champion all parts of me because I've been put in a box for far too long by too many people. And then my last one is they like to travel. So my non-negs. 
Okay. I love that. So this is where I'm going to push back. Now, Some um, for those that are going through this dating boot camp, I want you to go through the exact process that Megan went through and that I'm encouraging you to go through. You're going to come down to your five. So I will share what my non-negotiables were. I said uh, they had to love Jesus passionately. And I didn't want to be the spiritual leader. I just didn't know how strong it was in my walk. So I dating a lot of even good godly Christian men was just really hard for me. I didn't realize it when I was dating it, but okay. So they had to love Jesus and they had to be like a strong leader of our household and of me. And they had to care for higher education. Education is a big value in my family. It's like the the thing that really pivoted and shifted our entire family as immigrants to the country. And so they had to have a high value uh, for education. They could not have been previously married. They could not have had kids. And they absolutely have to love the ocean because that's where I experienced the presence of God. Matt Oltoff met two of my five. So what I'm asking is, yes, write the list, but hold it loosely. So Matt was previously married and I said, that's what I, I do not want. He had children. He still has children. We have kids now. And, and, and I said, I was, did not want to do that. And Matt doesn't like the beach. I'm just like, Jesus, take the wheels. But you want to know something? It's called love and compromise because every year we go to Cabo, he sits by the pool and I'll hang out with him. And then every time I want to be close to Jesus, I just go down to the beach. So I think that there's even, there's negotiables, even in the non-negotiables. So I'm so glad that you have the five. I think that is a great place to start. What I want to do is I want to camp out on, I loved your number one. At first, let me just affirm you because I have seen you totally grow uh, in your relationship with the Lord. I've seen um, depression and anxiety go lower on the list of things that manage and control your life. Megan, I'm going to just tell you right now, like I love seeing you mature and the fact that they have to love Jesus is on the top of your list speaks to your spiritual maturity. This is such a key value for me. In scripture, Paul the Apostle says for us not to be unequally yoked. Have you heard that expression? No. Okay. So, you know, an ox has a yoke around their neck. Well, there's actually, um, it's meant for two. So two beasts of burden, two animals will plow with this yoke. So when Paul speaks about not to be unequally yoked, it means like you you can't put an ox and yoke it with a chihuahua. Right now, Paul is talking about this in all relationships, but since we're talking about dating, I think this is really important. So I'm going to pick at you a little bit. I, I know a little bit of the answer, but I just want to put this out there and then have us discuss, like, why do you want someone who loves Jesus at the top of your list? Because my entire life has changed since I've met Jesus. And now I can't imagine my life without it, right? It's just the sense of peace I've gotten. It just allows me to feel like I'm actually me. Mm. And it, I don't want to, again, I don't want to be the person carrying it either. Like I want someone who is more mature in their faith than I am. Cause again, I'm still a little faith baby. <laughs> so I think that it's just for me something that's not like an occasional thing. Like this is a forever thing. And I need someone to be there with me on that forever journey of loving Jesus. I love that. Okay. I'm also going to say in your faith walk with the Lord, uh, I will never forget. It was fifth grade and it was Mr. Robert and Mr. Charles. And they were my Sunday school teachers. And they gave this example. Mr. Charles was like the the teacher, main teacher. And Mr. Robert was like his assistant teacher in Sunday school. And Mr. Charles stood up on a chair and um, he said, if I wanted to pull Mr. Robert up, do you think it would be easy or hard? And we said, it would be hard. So there he is trying to pick up a full grown man. And like, 
you can just, it's, it's, it's so incredibly hard. And he said, well, do you think it's easy for Mr. Robert to pull me down? And we said, yes. And then like, without even any exerted effort, Mr. Robert pulls Mr. Charles off the chair in dramatic form. And it was such a great visual. And they were talking about, this is what happens when you're trying to lift somebody up spiritually. It is so hard to lift them up to where you are. And it's so easy for them to pull you down. So the fact that you put Jesus at the top of your list, I am just saying yes and amen. Now for any, I, I love your non-negotiables because he has to have an established career. Do you know what my prerequisites are for dating? He just needs a job, but and Jesus, they both think him the J as I say this all the day, a JLB and J E S U S. They have to have a job in Jesus. Now I'm going to expound on this for a second. I know that people go through different seasons and I know that there might be a job transition or you're moving or there's a job loss or someone's been furloughed. I get it. There's grace for that. But if someone is not in a season to date you, then they shouldn't be dating. Now, I'm not saying they have to be a millionaire. I don't care if they work in the White House or they have a job in the warehouse. They have a job. Why is that? It's not because I'm a gold digger. What it shows that somebody could be responsible. So what you're saying is, hey, I want someone to be established in their career. But what you're really saying is, I want someone who's established and could take care of themselves and could take me on a date where they have a cloth napkin and we're not eating with sporks. Okay. Is that fair? That is beyond fair. Yeah. No Great. sporks here, please. Great. Okay. So for somebody on the other side, um, let's talk about the VDS. Now I, I talk about this in my book, how to have your life not suck. And I actually put like an equation there. Do you remember VDS? No. Okay. So a viable dating score is like, I'm weighing out. And again, it's not uh, if someone, I'm going to pause for a second. I got to pause for this cause because somebody out there is listening and they're hearing this and saying, that's super judgmental. It's not judgmental. We're making an assessment on whether or not this is a potential life partner, because that's what dating is about. Dating isn't for funsies. It isn't just for kicks. It's figuring out, could this be somebody that I could partner with in pursuing the God call in my life and changing the world right side up? That's what marriage should be about. Period. Full stop. Punto. The end. Right? So if somebody doesn't have a job, are they fiscally responsible to provide for you and prov or, or even just come together and provide for yourselves? Listen, if now, you have a trust fund, that's cool too. <laughs> but you know them trust fund babies. Those, them trust fund babies, that's going to be a little crazy. I've Listen, I have seen far too many prime times how to kill and get away with it. And so I'm like, mm, just give me, just give me a man who works really hard. Okay. <laughs> But I will say this. One time you said that dating is a season you move through. And when you said that, I was like, whoa, because I've never heard it explained like that. And mm. that to me was something where I was like, that's exactly where I'm at. Like dating isn't a place I want to stay. It's something I want to move through. I need to give credit where credit is due because I heard that from Pastor Ben Stewart from Passion City, DC. And honestly, I have to give him credit for that. I love, I love his conversations on dating, sex, and relationships. Big advocate. I'll link his book in the show notes because I think it is worthy of a read. It's one of the best dating books that I have read, and I've read a lot of dating books. Okay, so in the viable dating score, it's not just for the other person, it is also for ourselves. So now I have to ask you some hard questions. I'm asking our listeners in this dating boot camp and I'm asking you. Are you emotionally ready to date? Yes. My therapist thinks so too. <laughs> good, good. Are you spiritually ready to date? Like, what does that mean? 
where you feel like you're, you haven't come to full perfection and you're walking around eating manna for breakfast and hovering on holiness, but you feel like, I feel like my walk has been established with the Lord. I know what my spiritual boundaries are and I'm ready to put myself out there. Yes. Are you financially ready to date? As, as in, you are financially responsible. I get it. There might be some debt from college or credit card, but you are ardently working on and bringing that down with a plan to be completely debt-free. Yeah. I mean, it's just me out here supporting myself. So I love it. I love it. Can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Are you in debt? Yeah. I mean, who isn't? And is it Girl, don't 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 talk to Matthew Ray Oltoff about that because honey, he put me in he he put my budget into shape, honey. Okay. Let me tell you something. Dave Ramsey was like a cuss word in our household because we became we we both walked in. I had a little bit, I had eight thousand dollars of college debt, college slash credit card debt when we got married. And when he was divorced, he had like forty-five thousand dollars of debt. It wasn't his that's a whole other podcast for another day, but his ex-wife took credit cards out in his name, and because the divorce is fifty-fifty in California. The hundred thousand dollars he took out in debt, he was responsible for half. Anyway, um, so he was very adamant about being completely debt free. I firmly believe that as we go into marriages and we go into relationships, everyone has to be ardent about being debt free. Because, and why do you think this is, Megan? Well, like I shouldn't be bringing my baggage into someone else's life. I should clear my baggage. Okay, first of all, just kudos to you in all the therapy work that you've been doing because that is a sign of maturity. But do you know the number one issue for divorces? Money. Money and sex. Money and sex. 100%. That's why I I mean, I am so glad. I'm very proud to say that Matt and I are completely debt-free. I mean, our cars are paid off. Um, we, we rent. So if we had a house, it'd be different. But I think that's kind of invisible debt. Don't listen yeah. to me, Dave Ramsey. Dave would not agree, but whatever. Because um, we need a house, you know? Yeah. But, um, but I, I'm an ardent supporter. Okay, so you are emotionally ready to date. You're spiritually ready to date. You're financially ready to date. Are you relationally ready to date? What does that mean? Oh my gosh, it's like I set you up for that. That was great. That was so good. Being relationally ready to date means I am not looking for this person to complete me. Oh, I'm looking for this person to com- compliment me. I've said this before when I talk about dating. We, because of pop culture, we think that we meet somebody and it's our kismet match and all of our problems will dissipate in the arms of love. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Actually, it's a lie from the pit of Hollywood. So this line from Jerry Maguire, you complete me, is actually bad mathematics because a half and a half make a whole. I'm not a half person. You're not a half person. Being relationally ready to date means that all of you, the fullness of you, and even the broken parts of you is putting yourself out there, not looking for someone to complete them, but for someone to compliment the God call upon their life. So I ask you again, are you relationally ready to date? Now I am, but a year and a half ago, the answer would have been no. I love it. So you have done a lot of work on yourself. You have been patient and ready. You have been seeking God. You have been in spiritual community. You've taken yourself seriously. You've taken your job seriously. You've taken your spiritual development seriously. And for somebody on the other side of this podcast, I want you, I want them to know this is going to require work. So assignment, assignment one, um, there's going to be multiple assignments, but assignment one for day one in this dating boot camp, it's making the assessment or am I ready to date? It is then asking, why do I want to date now? Um, it's asking yourself, what are, what's my list? So uh, assignment three is making a list of 50. Out of the list of 50, what only add down to 25? Of 25, bringing it down to 10. Of the 10, bringing it down to five. And then what your therapist didn't tell you, but what I'm telling you is of the five, 
what are you holding loosely? So what are the non non-negotiables? Like the, no, 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 we're not touching those. To me, it sounds like um, if I'm not, if I'm, please correct me if I'm wrong, Jesus and being established and allowing you to be you in the fullness of who you are. Correct. I'm, You'd I'm be great. correct. Great. And then finally, and this is going to be the hardest one. I would love for somebody to journal this. If they're serious about this dating boot camp, is, do I know the risk of love? And I'm, am I willing to risk for the reward? I really want someone to sit with that because that's going to be the real linchpin here. It's opening yourself up, knowing there's a risk that I can totally get hurt here. So I'm going to wrap this up really quick with um, this idea of boundaries. I, I it was on my notes because I really wanted to talk about it. And we're doing a boundary series at the father's house and we'll make sure and link those YouTube videos. Um, it's an eight week series on relationships, which I'm very excited we to, to kick off. I think it's going to be helpful. But um, as we talk about our non-negotiables, I think some of our non-negotiables in there are this um, idea of boundaries. What are my boundaries and how do I release boundaries in time once I trust somebody? So Megan, as, as we round this up, how do I frame this simply? When we talk about boundaries, do you think that you're in a place to hold boundaries tight in, in your life? No, I, I don't. Mm. And I think, I think that it's just because I haven't been exposed to needing to do so. Um, I heard recently from someone and they were like, listen, I basically parented myself and I'm the only person out here trying to hold myself accountable. And I was like, that's literally me. So for my entire life, it's just been me holding myself accountable. And there are ways where I slip and I slide. Like for example, when we were out um, getting that little bite to eat, you made me stop sharing my location. You were like, you were like, no, no, turn off your location right now. I did. Because Wait, hold on. Clarity, clarity. Someone's yeah. listening and they're confused. Okay. So Megan and we're sitting, Megan and I were sitting down and we were having a bite and we were actually sat at the bar. I remember, I remember looking at your face and you told me that you were still sharing your location with that situation ship. Correct. And that, so that was, that was me driving a boundary in your life. So wait, so you felt like you didn't think that that was wrong. I, I did. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I just was like indifferent. Right. I was like, yeah. I don't know. Like, is it, is it not like it should have stopped? Sure. And I just needed someone to be like, Hey, no. Please, so this is not it. And so I think when it comes to boundaries, I think that one's going to take a little bit of time for me to like mm. sit with and understand and just kind of be like, oh, well, what are my boundaries now in this season of my life? Because I feel like it's so easy just to default to what you've known, right? And like, I knew that that was okay. But yeah. now in this season, it's completely different. So I don't know. I feel like if I had, if I really felt in my soul, like that these boundaries were necessary for this to be successful, then the answer would be yes. I love but that. The hardest part for me about boundaries is just being like, oh, okay, this is going to help me get to the end result. And if I, I don't, it. if I don't see the end, then I'm like, hmm, boundary. Okay, who? okay. Okay. So then this is the final assignment. This is a lot for day one. I get it. But Hey, it's dating boot camp. You didn't come here to look cute, honey. Now, Megan, you did all the assignments already. And so you're going to have to at least do this part. Everyone out there, they have a lot of work to do in this day before day two of the, of our uh, dating boot camp. But for you, I need you to list out, let's make these boundaries simple. What are my boundaries in the sexual nature within the relationship? What are my boundaries in expressing privacy about my life? Mm -hmm. And what are my boundaries when it comes to uh, how much time I'm giving this person? So 
What are my boundaries in sex? What are my boundaries in sharing information? And what are my boundaries in time? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Because I feel like this is a part that kind of like trips me up. Okay. Like, okay. Like I went from living this complete non-Jesus life to living this Jesus life. And it's so interesting to me to like step into this whole like no sex thing. Like it's really <laughs> blowing so my mind. I know. I know. <laughs> and so like, I'm sure there are people listening who are like, okay, like maybe I just stepped into this walk of faith and I want to start dating again. And so can you just give some examples of like what boundaries would be in a relationship that's like, you know, pre-approved by God? Okay. This is the best question. And I feel like it's a whole other podcast. One, I'm actually going to be talking about sex, uh, sex with our boundaries within sex in our boundary lines series at the father's house. I will make sure that it's linked here. I'm just not too sure the timing of it. And if this podcast will come up before that. So, um, I don't want to gloss over this. There is a talk on YouTube that, um, I did specifically about sex and I will link it here as well. But let me just say this. I think sometimes we want to know how far can I go and still be in the good graces of God. And, and then you hear people, you hear well-intentioned, amazing Christians saying like, the question isn't how far should I go? The question is how far away from that line can I be? And I get it. It sounds so good. It's a meme. It's very Christian-y. But the truth of the matter is, is that lust is a real feeling and temptations are real and urges and desires. And that sexual drive is something that God gave us. So I don't just want to slap some meme on it and be like, okay, how far is too far? I'll stay away. No, let's have some honest conversations. I think that there are some, actually, you know what? Let's talk about this in episode three. Okay. Is, you want to know why this is my bait? Megan, this is my bait so that everyone will stay on to the very end. I think we need to actually create space and time. Listeners, get ready. Gird up your loins because we're going there. We are going there in this dating boot camp, and we're so glad you were a part. Megan, I just want to say thank you for being so honest, so brave, and being the guinea pig because there are people out on the other side of this that feel very known and seen by because of the questions that you're asking. So I'm grateful you're doing this boot camp with me. And guess what? If you meet your soulmate because of this boot camp, I am the flower girl, and your That's child right. shall be named Bianca or Beyonce. I'll accept either. <laughs> All right. I think we can work that out. Thank you, Fred.